0: Hi, and welcome to White Hat vs. Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh Boshinsky on a slightly fuzzy camera. I apologize. I don't know why my Macintosh is doing this today. Oh, I have to mute myself. Here we go. Yeah, it's fuzzy on the playback too, I see. So uh, I'm fuzzy for some reason. I mean more than just like hair fuzzy. I'm I'm fuzzy in, in, in resolution and the, the lighting is not quite right. I don't know what's going on. But... I thought it would be better. I thought actually it hides kind of the wrinkles and and, and the gray hairs, so it makes me look younger. So I'm going to go with it. It's going to be a positive thing. And uh, today I'm very happy. Today we have a special uh, announcement. Today I'm very happy to announce a new addition to the White Hat versus Black Hat, a permanent addition to the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO team. Uh, He's been a long-time running guest, and uh, today we're very happy to be able to say that he's now a permanent fixture. He's our permanent Black Hat and a new co-host for the show, Clint Butler. Say hi, Clint.
1: Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I am doing wonderful.
0: I see you have your gray hat on, so we might get more moderate gray hat suggestions from yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the black hat was dirty. you got to clean it.
0: (laughs) The black hat is dirty. (laughs) It's nasty and dirty. So Okay, so that's fantastic. Thanks for joining the team there, Clint, and uh, we hope to see you uh, many, many weeks. And I think it's good because, you know, Although, you know, white hat and black hat are different, and but we can have friendly debates, not like these Twitter debates that are going on, which I'll talk about in a second. I have a rant saved up.
1: Oh, jeez. Um,
0: I'll talk about the, the rant of the week for me. I'll, I'll break out the rant hand section in a second. So before I do that, though, guys, if you're listening on YouTube, there's a chat box on your top right-hand side. If you have any SEO questions at all, if you have a site you want us to look at, if we have time, we'd be happy to do so. Please, by all means, uh, t- uh, type in your SEO question in the live chat. Put three asterisks in front of it or around the question so I can see it. I can easily uh, search and find it. That way we can find it and we, we answer as many as we can. So so uh, if you ask, ask your question, make it obvious it's an SEO question for us, we'll uh, we'll try and get to it there at the end of the show. <laughs> so before that, I'm going to break into a regular section. Usually we usually cover what's new in White Hat SEO and what's new in Black Hat SEO. This week, seeing that we have a resident Black Hat and our new co-host, uh, Clint, another co-host for the, for the show. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Clint right away, and Clint's going to tell us all about what's new in the world of Black Hat SEO. So take it away, Clint.
1: Well, I guess it's probably just some things that we're testing. Uh, Everyone knows about the drive stacks. Uh, We're testing some stuff with that. We're hiding some things in the the typical drive stack build that most people aren't doing. Uh, We're looking at taking advantage of those new Google websites in the Google My Business and how we can actually leverage those a little bit. Uh, both in a white hat perspective and a black hat perspective, and then uh, Can we're actually. After-
0: I don't being the white hat. I don't know if I fully understand that.
1: You know, when you go into Google My Business, you have those new Google sites.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So those are uh, link opportunities for us. You just kind of have to figure out how to best take advantage of those. You can do pretty – they're designed to actually take over your website in a Google Maps listing. So if you didn't know that, so you have to be real careful. As soon as you turn those on and activate them, there's actually a box in there that says, replace my website on my Google Maps listing with this new website you created from Google. Ta-da. Um, so, just another way to get you to stay on Google, I guess, is the the plan behind that. <clears throat> so we're going to leverage that, and then we're uh, looking at because the uh, local, uh, you know, the local guides program that they got. Yes. Uh, there's some actually some interesting forums and stuff like that, and we're going to go ahead and create some personas and go in there and see what kind of drama that we can cause in the white hand community and (laughs) see what happens with that just on a negative SEO testing perspective see if we can actually start reporting people and stuff like that so
0: oh that's ooh nasty I recently this whole weekend I, I just started answering questions on my phone I didn't realize that's what I was signing up for and I'm I'm a level 5 guide all of a sudden I'm like oh I guess I'm a level 5 guide now I don't know I don't really do a lot of local SEO for my own town I'm mostly doing SEO for for big US companies and US clients But if I ever have to do SEO for my local area, I guess that's a plus, I guess, I don't don't know. You know, honestly,
1: uh, you take it as it were, there's there's some benefits, it's a a selling point. But then again, you look in Google now and a lot of people are local guides. So uh, I'm looking at for what it is, is you can actually host meetups in your communities uh, and start networking with people. Uh, And that's what we're gonna use it for, from the the white hat perspective.
0: Be. any other black hat news on, on the horizon uh, nothing new unless you're
1: you know a real like a crazy hacker guy then you can probably I'm sure there's some stuff but I'm not into that so <laughs>
0: <laughs> well Holly's not here today Holly sometimes joins us, and she is one of these getting closer to one of these crazy crazy hacker gals I guess in her case mm-hmm. so yeah she's been working on some stuff that's been interesting but next time she's on the show I'll talk about that so what's new in white hat SEO Um. John John Mueller said a hangout. I do want to share a couple little tidbits that that came out of that. Of course, for those people who've watched me for a long time, they know that you know I put Google suggestions in their proper place. Um, you know, they're not the end all and be all. Uh, but they're not to be completely ignored either, in my opinion. I think out of five ranks of evidence, I think they're about rank number four. They're kind of at the bottom level, just right above random opinions from SEOs on blogs and things like that, where they just say, I think that this is a ranking factor with no evidence whatsoever. So, But that being said, he does sometimes leak some interesting stuff. So I'm just going to quickly share that and uh, see if we can get anything out of it here. So as I said, uh, I think I covered September 5th. September 8th here, uh, he did have a Hangout. Uh, You can see my screen, right, uh, Clint? Yeah, is that uh, easier to read there? Good. So he said, "Have you ever uh, noticed a website that fluctuates wildly? That's you know sometimes it's spot number two, then it's spot number nine, then it's spot number two or spot number nine, or it can be page number one and then page number five, page number one, page number five. He says that's definitely a quality problem, and it's on the edge of their quality algorithms. So. That means it's right on the edge of what they think is a threshold for quality. Let's say the quality score of being good, quote-unquote, is, I don't know, 4 out of 10. That means you're like 3.99 or you're like 4.01 out of 10 for your quality score. Something something like that. And it means you're fluctuating relative, of course, to everybody else uh, that's on that SERP. So you definitely need, he said, you need to be better than your competitors. In fact, he said if you only get a little bit better than your competitors, that's not going to help... You want to be way better than your competitors. And he fully admitted it was user-based. And he said he suggested doing a user study to see what they like about your website. And I do that uh, all the time. You can do a user study. You can also use a piece of software called Crazy Egg. Or there's there's plenty of other kind of heat ma- mapping software out there that'll do a scroll map and a click map for you. That will pretty quickly tell you whether or not uh, users are using your design or liking your design. So again, Crazy Egg is a great piece of software you could use. Um, I recently contacted them if they have an affiliate program, if I should have some kind of affiliate link. And so I'm working on a partnership with them. Maybe I can give you some kind of discount. So listen, keep listening in the next few weeks and we'll see if I can provide some kind of discount for you guys. Because I mention them so often. Like I mentioned SERP work so often. Uh, that's that's the that's my SERP overlay tool that I like to use. I don't know, Clint, I know you know about it. I'm not sure if it's your favorite, but it's my favorite. And uh, okay. uh, he emailed me and said, "Josh, because you've recommended me so much, I'm just going to give you your version for free." I'm like, "Hey, thanks." So, so, but that's not why I recommended. I recommend it because I think the tool is really good. And he, Richard, the guy who runs it, uh, I don't know about. I know you've been talking with him too, Clint, and he seems pretty open to suggestions. And so we 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 brainstormed some new features that could be in there soon. So I thought that was a pretty positive thing. Okay, let's go back to this, John Mueller. Hang out here. So. He, this was interesting. Now, Clint, I want to get your opinion about this. I couldn't think of a way to black hat use this, but there might be a way. He says that in a URL, the plus sign, a percent 20, and just a normal space are all considered the same thing in a URL. So, for example, uh, xyz.com slash Apple is the same thing as... URL is the same thing as Josh percent twenty Apple is the same thing in URL as Josh space Apple. I, they they auto concatenate that to all the same thing. I was wondering if there's some like a kind of filtering link juice you could do for that, or some kind of some kind of interesting canonical stuff you could do for that. Do you, do you have any thoughts there, there, Clint, or am I kind of out to lunch on that?
1: You could you'd have to figure out what kind of redirect that's being handled and then let's if it's a 301 you could build a build links to one version uh keeping track of those and if you get penalized you just dump that that version you know what i mean so
0: yeah yeah i, I thought it would be a really good link router for example you could build all the links to josh percent 20 apple and if that gets um if that gets if those things get toxic you want to get rid of them right away then you just serve a 410 on that on that URL, but this URL keeps ranking, right? Because this, this URL and this URL, as far as Google's concerned, are the exact same URL. And they will, it's like, it's like a DNS record. It, they will concatenate that information. It's like a like a stronger canonical. Mm-hmm. So I thought that might be a great way to do some link routing. I don't know. Again, that's not that's not the white hat <laughs> in me talking. That's that's the secret black hat. Of course, every SEO has a little bit of black hat and white hat in them. Um And he said, and this is what I've suspected for a long time, that URL keywords like uh, redapples.com, if you want to rank for red apples, don't help very much. In fact, in my opinion, they tend to hurt more than they tend to help. I don't know, Clint, what do you think about that?
1: That's misinformation that gets you to stop buying exact match because it's the easiest way to rank nowadays.
0: Oh, you think so? So you think, let me turn it on my face here so we can have a discussion. <laughs> so so you you think that uh, exact match URLs are still, uh, not only are they ranking fine, the the, the URL, the, the exact match query in the URL actually might be still a little bit of a boost?
1: Oh, I think so yeah and it but there's a caveat to that it's a lot easier to fry one of those domains too so mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people they want to try their old anchor text tech techniques on an EMD then it gets burned and then they started that whole campaign where they're actually going against it one of the uh, one of your people the white hats uh, joy whatever her name is uh, she's in the in Local U with Mike uh, Blumenthal, right? Yeah, Uh, they talked about that too, and how the this latest update fixed penguin or pigeon, and now EMDs are coming back too. So, and then plus Mm. all of our testing and and Black Hat is EMDs never left. It was just you know what you can and can't get get away with doing with them now. So
0: you definitely have to be more careful. I see a lot of exact match domains that that seem to get burned very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they don't they they don't seem to have the benefit of any kind of brand search, because they're not a brand. They're like, if, if you want to be affordable, I don't know whatever it is, like a affordabledogKennels.com.
1: Yeah, affordable if, dog training—that's a brand, but dog kennels probably wouldn't be. It, it's a little bit harder to brand those end terms, but then again, you know, it's it's still. They're still working. Like even, especially in local. If you look around enough, you'll see plenty of EMBs hit there uh, on the top. Plumbing City, uh, Dentist City, CityDentist.coms. Those kind of things are all still working.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I get I get a lot of customers emailing me, and they have quality problems, and they have an exact match domain. Again, that doesn't. That's not. That's not the final say, of course. That's just level three on my five levels of evidence. You know what I want to do? I'm gonna test it. I'm gonna make a SERP where there's a keyword that's whatever some gibberish, and that'll be the exact that'll be the URL, the domain, gibberish.com. Then I'll make five pages on some other domain that have that optimized for that, and we'll see where they naturally rank out. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. my hypothesis is you're probably correct. The domain would probably rank highest because it should be a bigger, like a whole site dedicated to that topic should be more important than pages dedicated to it. Correct. we'll have to see so i'll do a test i'm going to make a note to me i've recently gone and acquired some new apprentices to help me with tests and on-page stuff and and some niche selection stuff so i'm going to get my apprentice to help uh, help with this test that's fantastic (laughs) um because i'm too busy to do all the testing myself, but still want to do testing. So that's interesting. Um, interesting. This was another interesting one, and you've probably, <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to have a field day with this one, Clint. You probably won't agree with this one either, but but that's fine. Uh, John Mueller did give a plug for the Moz spam score. Um, you know, he, he said it's not the end all and be all and he said that it's not what Google uses, but he said, and I quote, a lot of smart people work for Moz, and that, you know, maybe SEO should take a look at that spam score, and maybe it would be useful to SEOs. So I don't know. I, I use it as kind of a uh, uh, kind of an indication that maybe some of the links are are vaguely spammy and, and somewhat ignored. Like if the spam score is one out of seventeen, I'm like, nah. If the spam score is like ten out of seventeen, I'm like, well, they can't be that wrong. Some of those links have got to be spammy, and I've, I've got to take a look at that PA and TF and 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 be a little bit just a little bit leery about it. What what do you think about that?
1: I think because Moz's backlink database is too small, it's entirely too easy to gain any of their metrics. So until they fix that, then I, you know, it's good to look at. It kind of gives you, you know, if you saw a 10, then obviously you're going to go take a closer look at it. Right. Um, but you're probably going to take a closer look at it using Majestic or 8 Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All the tools. And then gonna, <laughs> yeah. you got to use all the tools, and then, then they're each giving you a partial view of this thing. And then in the middle there is some, somewhere in the middle is the truth.
1: Right. So, you know, we talked to them at SMX events, and Moz says they are going to update their Backworks database. But until they do, it's you know, it's a it's another tool just to put in the the toolbox. But whether you're smart or not for using it, I guess it just depends on how much you trust them.
0: Yeah, it's not the end all and be all, and it's kind of funny that on these John Mueller Hangouts, tons and tons of people come on there and ask John Mueller. About how to get a better page authority or what he thinks about page authority or if he does this if it will this diminish his page authority and john Mueller's like i don't know <laughs> like that that has nothing to do with 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 google's rankings it, it's moz's metric and it kind of it's kind of it's kind of sad and kind of funny at the same time how, how how and it kind of good for moz their brand is so strong that people think they're the gospel in seo and that what they talk about is is synonymous with google seo and rankings so it's Good for Moz, I guess. Their branding is, is on point for sure. Uh, okay, so um, uh, John Mueller did mention that they tell something as a brand based on how you search for it. So if you want to build a brand, there's been a lot of talk about entity stacking and things like that. John Mueller's take on that was if you want to be a brand, it's based on how they search for it. So if no one searches for your, your, your URL name, your brand name, and clicks on you predominantly, then that's going to be a problem. And he also did mention specifically Wikipedia entries, and then Google My Business, and then any other kind of official like Yelp, Amazon, any kind of big website that lists you. Just make sure you are exactly the same. So the address, the phone number, uh, the, the business name, uh, down to the, the comma and the period in front of limited and after limited or Inc or whatever it is have to be exactly the same uh, for their algorithms to figure it out that, oh, you are this entity. Um, that would be the white hat way of building entities. Of course, there's a black hat way of doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah You could plug that those searches, those you know, brand whatever keyword uh, searches into a uh, like a Panda bot or Crowdsearch.me. Well, Crowdsearch.me, if you want to neg SEO somebody, but um,
0: right. <laughs>
1: and then uh, <clears throat> that'll help build that traffic and establish that uh, kind of branding inside of Google. A little bit. It won't do much for rankings, but it'll actually send in the signals that you need.
0: Right. It, it could it could cement you in the in the sales funnel where you want to be, either in the the top end of the sales funnel or the lower end of the sales funnel. If they know what, what your brand is, what your product is, and kind of who you are and what you do.
1: Right. And I ran some of those, and I think the only benefit that we saw from just doing brand keyword type searches is uh, when we got a little bit of search volume, kind of nailed that into the auto suggest a little bit. Um, and then inside of the AdWords tool, after you run that, check it out a before and after, and you'll see that AdWords actually picks you up what your site's about differently based off of those brand searches that you were uh, manipulating.
0: Sweet. Okay, and finally, the last thing thingamajigger here. Okay, so finally, John Mueller says it is way more than content. Uh, he has, he's asked you know what was ranking. He was asked by kind of a white hat guy. Well John I updated my content and uh, it's still not ranking uh, you know <laughs> yeah, I love these guys who come on there and John Mueller said the obvious dude it's way more than content <laughs> you know in my opinion quality is a huge ranking algorithm uh, that's kind of what John Mueller was hinting at that quality is a huge but i mean supplementary reaffirming content google my business phone uh, local phone is really important for local you know there's all kind of they have all kind of reaffirming signals that that check each other like if you want to rank for Chicago and you better have a Chicago phone number, you know that that kind of a thing uh, I find it was very interesting to kind of think of it that way that all of your signals Need to say that you should rank For for that kind of stuff in that kind of area So that is the what's new in white hat versus black hat SEO section now Let's move on to the next segment and that next segment for our show today is going to be the rant hand segment I have a little rant built up that I'd like to mention so um, let me find it on my Twitter here. I can find it on my Twitter, or maybe maybe I should not find it on my Twitter. I'm not sure. Uh, let me see here. Uh, so Rand Fishkin today tweeted out that um, he asked anyone if he thought that disavowing links still helps, and I. Almost had a conniption fit (laughs) because he should know, he should very well know (laughs) that in my opinion, disavowing links doesn't help and has never helped. As you can see, my tweet there, I said both you and Marie should know there has never been any direct evidence, direct evidence that disavowing helps rankings. There's been plenty of incidental evidence that maybe it'll go up. There's been more incidental evidence that your rankings will probably go down. And I have single-variable tests showing that it either deranks the site, the page. If you recall my my recent uh, disavow test I did, I actually got the the uh, the not I didn't I didn't limit the ranking of the page. I I de-indexed the page by disavowing a link, and then a few weeks later it came back. So at least it was deranked for at least a few weeks. So it's a good way to negative SEO yourself the disavow tool. And I disavowed millions of links in that negative SEO test that we did, where you, you pointed hundreds of thousands, uh, about 143,000 links from GSA you pointed to this test page. And it uh, went to number one, uh, was there for four days, then was deindexed for three or four weeks, then came back strong at number one after some A-B testing, and stayed there strong for months. And I've disavowed you know uh, uh, thousands and thousands of links to see if I can make the, change that ranking at all or do anything, and nothing has happened at all. Now that that experiment is not done by any stretch of the imagination, I need to very forensically go into all the tools and every link I can find. I'm testing it in stages to see what will disavow. Like I'm testing all the links Google shows. That didn't disav- that didn't just seem to disavow anything. Now I'm testing all the links that Ahrefs gave me. That didn't disavow anything. Didn't make any effect. Now I'm going to go into the Search Console links and all the Majestic links, any links I can find, and I'm going to throw them into the disavow file and see if that does anything. But so as far as I'm, and these are single variable tests on SERPs where nothing else is going on. They're completely garbage pages with no traffic. And nothing else is going on. No other links are being built, et cetera. So um, as far as I can see, the disavow file does absolutely nothing, uh, except for maybe derank your page for a short time. Um, and and it's, I find it kind of ironic in that uh, I did a whiteboard Friday, and I took a lot of lumps for it. So here's my rant portion. <laughs> here's, here's, Josh's whiny, uh, here's Josh being a whiny little bitch. <laughs> I'm going to be a whiny little bitch for a few minutes. And then I took a lot of lumps for doing that dis- that that disavowgate whiteboard Friday a few years ago on Rand Fishkin's, on his network, on Moz, and I showed that, hey, guys, you don't have any direct evidence the disavow file works. Uh, And Marie Haynes was bitching and moaning at that time because she was selling a disavow feature. And she was like the queen of disavowing at that time. And I kind of told her, I kind of put her to to task. And I said, listen, I think you're selling snake oil. And she did not take kindly to that, as you can imagine. And that's largely where the the fallout came from. Uh, And now she's changed her tune. And she says she's amazed at how many SEOs are still advocating spending time and money on disavowing. That's kind of rich coming from her when she was the disavow queen a few years ago. And then she had to very, very quietly announce that, oh, maybe Josh was right and uh, maybe disavow isn't worth doing anymore. Dude, it was never worth doing. You never had the evidence to prove it was worth doing. You've been selling snake oil this whole time. I tried to warn you years ago and you effing bombed me. And there's still people out there who are pissed off at me for that. Uh, in fact, I was supposed to do an SEM rush um, uh, talk. And uh, I noticed a lot of tweets out there at, at SEMrush before they canceled it saying Josh Bashinsky is terrible from these SMX white hats who think the disavow worked and did something and sold it, who I threw under the bus. Uh, and they uh, – I don't know if there's any causal relationship there, you know, cause correlation, I'm not really sure, but there's a whole bunch of tweets from those nuts to SEMrush not to have me on there. And then suddenly SEMrush mysteriously canceled, citing there was a – a uh, contradiction in times for some of the uh, participants, to which I emailed all two participants. They said, no, there was no, I had no problem in time. So something's a little fishy there. But so I'm still taking lumps from this. This is the right hand section. I'm still taking lumps from that disavow gate video that I made to try and help people. And these fucking people are actually have the gall to say, I'm amazed people are still thinking the disavow tool works. And that's going to piss you off. Okay, sorry. Rant 10 section closed. Clint, do you have a comment on my rant? <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: I've seen the disavow tool work and I've seen it not work. Uh, it's really all how you apply it. I think if you. Chris Semper over at Link Research Tools with his Link Detox and some of the stuff that he's doing over there uh, has i would it would indicate to me that this about is working as it is it applied and how chris teaches it and how his tools are, are leveraging it
0: hmm.
1: i've used it to recover my own sites and other people's sites but on top of that i can't say that it specifically was what did it because we also did the outreach to hey can you remove that crap or uh, we did uh, we built new links on top of the old ones and so you really have to i would I see where your point is, where you're saying I have this this page and I've put these disavow links and it did shit. Um, but then again, I've seen it where it works, but we were doing other stuff on top of it too to kind of counteract the penalty that we had going on. So um, right, right. I, I think it's one of those questions where it's going to go on forever and really it, I think in the end of the day, the disavow tool was a great way to mm-hmm. teach the machine what – People are considering spamming links, exactly, and that's what it was used for to fine tune Panda, Penguin, and Pigeon. So,
0: yeah, yeah. no, exactly, um, and that's that's the thing that I will fully admit. Of course, we don't know. I mean, it, it might only work in conjunction with other things, and it might actually do something, or maybe it does nothing. We have no way of separately testing it. Uh, I mean, we do, and I have, but I have no way of knowing. Like, for example, someone r- responded to that that Twitter. That the original person who who who, who tweeted at Mary Haynes, um, uh, Marie Haynes, tweeted at me and said, said no, dude, it really honestly, I think it works because I had a site, it was tanked, it was not ranking at all. I disavowed. I had some hacked pages on my site. He says, I and some some really crappy porn links pointing at that hacked page. I disavowed the links pointing to the hacked page, and all of a sudden, a, a couple days later, there was a miraculous recovery after months of being buried. And I admit, that's awfully coincidental, but I've seen that as well, where I have clients working in the porn industry. Um, I know, far be it from a white hat to work in a nasty industry, but anybody who pays me, I'll do SEO for you. More or less. <laughs> I, I, I draw, wait, I should, wait I, should, I should qualify that. I draw the line at like the KKK or something. It's too late. I'm, up, like, I'm, not, too I'm late. not helping anybody <laughs> like that. But, but any, anything like, like porn, whoop-de-doo. Uh, you know, Ted Cruz likes a porn uh, tweet, I don't care, fine, I'll still do SEO for you. Uh, I, well, I mean, I wouldn't do SEO for Ted Cruz just on principle, but not because he likes porn. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting off topic. Um, he tweeted at me and said, so he had these hacked pages and he disavowed those links and there was seemed to be a miraculous recovery. And I'm like, still, as you just pointed out, Clint, this is in the wild. This is not a single variable test. That's why I put single variable testing at the top of of, uh, of the of the heap when it comes to testing. So, again, all I can say is based on the evidence that I have, and and maybe the disavow works. Uh, maybe disavow works. Period. And I just haven't been able to test to find it. I doubt it though because my testing shows otherwise. Maybe it works in conjunction with deleted links. Possibly. Um, uh, if you're deleting links, you're already hurting your rankings. Maybe if you go too far, you're already throwing the dice. So you might as well fill out one. I guess you know, like it's. It comes down to risk mitigation. You're already rolling the dice when you're deleting links and doing drastic moves like that. So maybe you should do it. Um, and if you have hacked pages and there's like links pointing from porn sites at you, sure, disavow those. I don't think that's going to help you rank for anything non-porn related. And if, so if you don't want to rank for porn, disavow all the porn links. I don't, I don't think that's going to hurt you at all. But I've definitely tested it on a, on, a, on a single variable page. and I still maintain in my rant hand section that the disavow, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't do anything positive like the general the myth of the general I have spammy links and I'm going to disavow them and magically get my ranking back. I call that a myth I say myth busted. I say there's no evidence to support it direct evidence to support that single variable evidence to support it. I've got single variable evidence to support that actually it will derank you for a few days or do nothing at all. but the the, the negative SEO test that we did, Clint, I'm still uh, still gonna have to uh, actually get some time to to uh, fix those links and and go go for that procedure
1: I think what we would probably have to do for that again is do another test make another test site another page that we neg SEO probably just 50,000 links and then get with Chris Semper over at link research tools and test his method out where we pull those out of the tool that I use to build the links put them right into link detox and then have his link detox it's basically a notifier Mm -hmm. Which I think was really the key is he's notifying Google that he's disavowed these and he's saying, hey, Google, I need you to go over there and and look at them. And I think that's probably the difference maker versus someone who just drops, you know, a whole bunch of links in the disavow tool and then has to wait for Google to figure it out, which could take anywhere from, you know, a week to a month or a year. So, right. So I think that's really the, probably the best way to test that in a single variable thing is you're going to have to use a tool, and it's probably going to have to be Link Detox's notification tool with Google. He's and got and Link Detox
0: control. is is flagging those backlink pages for indexing is, is what you're saying.
1: Well, what it does is you do the Link Detox, and then it, that thing says, hey, these are your bad links, and then you build your disavow tool, plug it in, and then he's got a, a tool attached to it that notifies Google uh, and his his testing is showing that from it's three days from the his, the time that you notify Google of your new disavow uh, to the result because he's going to Google and pinging them using whatever Google magic he's got in the back end there uh, and saying hey I updated this.
0: Well, I can concur with three days because in my my one one link one page test, I disavowed it. Nothing happened. I re-indexed the backlink page three days. De- de-indexed, that yeah. page was de-indexed after three days. So it was
1: three days. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the key to getting, to knowing for sure if the disavow is doing anything other than just de-indexing a bunch of bad sites. Are they crediting crediting you with saying, hey, these are the bad sites, these are the bad backlinks, and then it de-indexes them, and then it says, all right, thanks for doing that, now we're gonna lift the penalty off for you? Or are they just taking those links and saying, all right, thanks for doing that, now suck sucking ache. You know, so I guess that's really the the trick to figure out.
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So more testing needs to be done, but uh, in my opinion, to end this round-hand section, I think it's not worth doing. I would spend money on something else first, and quite frankly, a lot of people misdiagnose thinking they have a linking problem and think the disavow will be a magic solution to fix it. You should properly diagnose what your SEO problem is to begin with. In In my humble opinion, as I glow like a ghost, the sun comes out here. Geez, I really got to get a proper studio here. Especially considering how white I am. Anyway, so uh, let's move on to the SEO questions section. If you guys have SEO questions, let me see. Charlie asks, hey, can I take a look at your site? I said, sure, share it. <laughs> yeah. Share your site, maybe we can take a look at it. Um, someone asked Supriya, I'm sorry, uh, Supriya, Supriya, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. She says, please review Happido.com." She really needs some help. Okay, I will try to do so. Let's take a look at this thing here and see what this site is about. And while this loads here, I'll answer some more questions. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, I'll put this in the chat here, too, if you want to take a look while I'm talking. You can give your your black hat perspective. Uh, (laughs) Steve says, He's sitting in for Chase. Thanks Steve. There are 29 people watching. Please hit the thumbs up. <laughs> Thanks very much. Don't so don't you can sit here all day long if you want. <laughs> and uh and, and block congress, block our congress. I didn't sound quite right. Uh, Connor Tracy said uh mobile interstitial pop-up. We know they said it was implemented, but is it really having any effect? Um this is a great Thing where maybe this is a perfect example for where, where Clint might probably disagree with me. So Again, I have I work on five levels of evidence. The, the first level is the best. The fifth is the worst. However, just having some some uh, Evidence however anecdotal is better than a wild guess and so the best evidence I have here is from Google The, the fourth rank the, the second worst rank and they said don't do it so, I'm, so, whenever I see someone doing it, I'm not going to do it. Especially, I'm going to tell them not to do it. Especially if it's annoying the user. If whatever you're doing, I know they're watching clicks, and I know there's a quality score. So, if your if your pop-up is annoying users, if they can't use the site after it pops up and they have to click it off, I hate that. Users hate that. I would strongly recommend you use a little pop-up in the bottom right or like the bottom, the bottom like uh, 20 pixels, like a, kind of like a footer where it says, hey, join our newsletter. And they can scroll, and they can still use the website. That's perfectly fine. But the interstitial is, I think, annoying. And, and I would avoid it. Just that's risk mitigation, right? I have some evidence to suggest that you're going to have ranking problems for it. So if we're having a site that's not ranking, I'm now going to fix every possible thing out of the five levels of evidence that could be a ranking detriment. That's how I would progress with it. Clint, uh, do you, what do you think about that? Would you have a different view?
1: I wasn't even paying attention.
0: Okay, good. So that means (laughs) I win. (laughs) (laughs) I totally totally win an argument. Yay. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, Steven. The the interstitial stuff for me is, you know, when the Google's favorites, the 800-pound gorillas, New York Times, all those guys, Washington Post, Yelp, all those people, uh, you can clearly see that they're still using those. Um, You can clearly see a lot of the big local preferred sites, especially in Google News, they're still using those. Uh, so if that was the case, then you know I, I'm going to call it bullshit. I do think it is a usability issue, though, and you could probably hurt yourself if you have like there's nothing worse than going to a website on mobile and you can't close the damn pop up and you got to go back out and then come back into it mm. so the pop up doesn't come up again. Uh, and that might be actually hurting you. So I, it's really just kind of cause you know benefit versus reward in, in that. In that case is you know, if it's not getting you any opt-ins, then why have it in the first place? You know what I mean? So yeah. But if it's getting you all your opt-ins, then leave it and then screw what Google thinks about mobile and just get your opt-ins.
0: That's that's <laughs> actually very wise to bring up. You're you're totally right there. I mean, if no one is if you have this thing but no one's signing up, well then get rid of it. It's it's completely no benefit and possibly some some drawback. Um, but but at the same time, you're totally right. If you're getting a thousand signups a day and that's how you're making all your money. Well then, we got to weigh the good with the bad, and so then maybe you should, should definitely keep it. Mm-hmm. it again, it, it, every SEO decision ultimately, at the end of the day, is a business decision like any other business decision, and the risk and reward, the, the ROI, always has to factor into what's going on. For example, I think speed is a big ranking factor in my personal opinion, and I think that the first time time to first bite is a huge ranking factor. I think time to time to usage is a big ranking factor, and I will tell people, you know. I would literally spend $1000 a month. If it takes you $1000 a month to get the proper server and the proper DNS and the proper design to be super uber fast, you know, if you're making like 5 grand a month, I would do it if you if you live and die on your Google rankings because I think speed is so that that important for the algorithm. For example, some people ask me, should I should I convert to HTTPS? And I'm like, yeah, but having a faster speed is way more important, in my opinion, than HTTPS. I don't know what, what you think, Clint. I'd be happy to hear about it in a second. But I think speed is way more important than HTTPS. Like like, like order of 10 factors more important for, for SEO rankings. So if it means you're going to convert to HTTPS, but your speed's going to go down a little bit, I would never, never do it. Uh, what do, you, do you agree? What do you, what do you think about that?
1: Well, if you know what you're doing, you can actually get that. So it doesn't really affect speed all that much. True. But- most people will just, you know, they switch over and ta-da! Oh shit, now my site's slower because they didn't do everything <laughs> right. So, uh, just if you know, if you know what you're doing, then go ahead and do it. If you don't know what you're doing, then get someone who does do it and can, can fix that for you. But what I do for my clients is, you know, we we leverage, we balance out. You know, what is the trust? signal that we want to portray hmm. uh, and if in like in dentists for instance they're collecting patient forms or getting names numbers phone numbers on their on their sites so we recommend hey you go ahead and get HTTPS, so get a little bit of you know that the love out of the, the browser, so that they know hey it's secure because it says it's secure kind of thing um, but a restaurant who doesn't have it and they're got a lot of traffic already and, you know do they really need it I don't think so so we you know, just kind of balance out what you want to do. My host provides it for three through WHM and cPanel now, so hook to that. Let's encrypt, so all my new sites, all of them that I make, are all HTTPS. But mm. you know, so I don't have to worry. But I don't have to worry about knowing uh, if it's going to be a speed effect because I'm not switching from one to the other, and I get to. I don't have to worry about redirects from backlinks and all that stuff either.
0: So. Right, right, right. Okay, nice, sweet, sweet, sweet. sweet. Okay. Next question here. Stephen Buchanan also asks, "Do my apprentices wear wizard hats?" That's a good question. Um, I, uh, there's a special if you there's a special outfit to be an apprentice. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It might it might have you know uh, leather. Who knows what it could be? But no, no, I'm just kidding. There there is no there's no uh, outfit to be one of my apprentices. Um, uh, uh, somebody asks, regarding NAP data, is CA versus California an issue or should it be exactly the same thing? Um, I'm not really sure what NAP data is. What, do, you, do you know off the top of your head what he's referring to? I'm so drawing a blank on name,
1: that. Name, address, phone number for local ah. citations. So ah. our general rule of thumb is we're, for our clients, we're controlling everything through UX, so it's all the exact same. And then if we intentionally put it out there, it's the exact same. But Google is smart enough to know that CA in California is the same thing. Yes. But you don't you don't want to just go out there and haphazardly do it. So if you're building your citations, just pick one uh, and then put that same thing in your schema, and then you're good to go. Uh, if someone else accidentally builds one or or it has to because of the platform spell out California, then it's not going to kill you. It's not the end of the end of the world.
0: Yeah. No, I would agree entirely. Um- it, it, whatever you use, you have to be consistent across. Uh, even yeah, I think uh, in a previous hangout, John Mueller mentioned even with uh, abbreviations like that. Yeah. So you do have to be consistent. Um, it, it doesn't matter what you start with, which which one you pick, because Google for rankings is smart enough to uh, to interchange them. But in, in terms of them for identifying your uh, entity, it I would per, I would personally make it the same exact same thing. Yeah, um,
1: there's a lot of people though that scare the shit out of people and say, "Oh, just because you're using STE versus spelling out sweet, you're messing up your stuff." And that's, you know, it's not true. If Google can can rank a billion websites, then I'm sure they can figure out that sweet is an abbreviation for sweet, or STE is an abbreviation for sweet. So, but like I said, when you're doing it, do it intentional to have the same thing, like Josh said, and then whatever you're using is your default. That has to be in your schema, and it has to be yes. in relation to whatever google says your address is so if google says your address is road spelled out or rd then that's rd is the one that you should be using because google has recognized that as the the official address for that location
0: yeah no definitely uh ta asks are there any seo benefits to using a cdn for a smaller site with local traffic only um in my opinion no probably not uh if you're a local site there used to be an old SEO rule that uh, for local SEO, you did get a little bit of a boost if you used a local server. So just in case that's true, if you can get good, if if you can get good hosting in your area that is also cheap and fast, then I would do it. Just in case it is a ranking factor, and you could always drive down to that to their offices and scream at them if something goes wrong. There's always an added benefit to that instead of them being ro- located halfway across the world and you only have a contact form. You can't even call them. But again, that's just, uh, you know, like if it is cheap enough and fast, then yes, go ahead. But quite frankly, you, it needs to be fast. It doesn't matter what it is or where it is, it needs to be blisteringly fast, in my opinion, is what it needs to be.
1: It needs to be faster than your competition. So uh, if you're on a cheap ass host gator shared hosting account, then plug in Cloudflare, take advantage of the built in services there. They're connected to the Google Cloud. Uh, servers as well so Google's serving up your images too and I'll just make it a little bit faster and give you that maybe it's a bump that you that you need to get from number three to number one in, in local so right and, and Cloudflare is free so why not plug that in and try it out to support your, your host.
0: No kidding no definitely needs to be fast. And finally Keith Evan asks what are the top quality issues? Okay. <laughs> that's a that's a big question. Um, Quite frankly, there's two schools of thought, and I am going to lean to the second one. The first school of thought is that there's kind of a static set of, of issues, like ads above the fold, gar- like misspellings in your text, static things that you can modify and you can edit. Um, I think that it, it is more uh, along the lines of uh, user clicks. I think it's all user-based. I think they're tracking where users go everywhere. And so it's totally different per website. I've seen websites with a terrible design and, and are fairly slow but have really good user metrics because people really want the information on those pages. And I've seen sites that are really fast with a great design but they don't have a very good quality score because users are, are being picky and they, and they don't really care. You, you're, you know, you're not providing, you're not wiring you're not them, you're not selling them properly. And so the quality, top quality issues are conversions, are micro and macro conversions. Did they get the information they want? Did they proceed on to the next step? Did they proceed on the next step? Did you terminate the search? If you terminate the search session, the search session is when someone goes into Google and says, uh, top red apples 2017. They get your page. Did they go ah, and they go back and they click on their page? Or did they refine their search, top, top uh, red apples uh, in January? You have to you have to stop you have to terminate that search from going on that's my opinion that's what i've been able to kind of glean from from the five levels of evidence you have to you have to stop that inform that, that that search from going on that is the biggest factor if you can do that google will definitely see it and I think for me those are the quality issues uh, but Clint I'm curious my new co-host <laughs> uh, what what is your opinion on this?
1: I think quality is kind of a buzzword you know what you think is quality and what I think is quality are clearly two different things and then you ask you know what does google think is quality so i think that brings us back to just doing your foundational on-page seo and and getting that right Uh, and if you've done that then you've created a quality website for the algorithm which brings in now google sending you traffic and then that leads to everything that josh has said where user metrics and and engagements conversions and stuff like that stuff matters uh so You know, what are the top quality issues still holding? It's the the basic fundamentals of on-page SEO, which is the foundation for everything that we do. And if you are not good at that, then you better get good at it or you're going to get your ass kicked here pretty soon. Because as links become even more so about quality versus quantity, on-page SEO is going to matter even
0: more. I definitely agree. there are a bunch of, of I don't even call them, I don't want to call them technical issues, not even quality issues, like duplicated content, thin content, garbage content, like profile pages, just pages that they don't need, they can't make sense of, or they don't need to index. or They can't tell that they're important or anybody ever would want to read such a, a page. They do filter that on two levels, on the, on the indexing level through the caffeine program, and, and from the, the, the live sort, and, and when, they, when, they, when you do a search and they, they push 1,000 a, a pages back to, to, to show you. So that some people call that a quality issue, and that can be a quality issue. You know, or your, your, your speed is too slow, you've got technical issues, that turns into a kind of a quality issue. So there, there are all those kinds of issues. But for me, quality is completely dominated by user clicks, and they're watching all those clicks. OK, now, uh, we're almost done the show, but someone earlier on did ask, uh, if we would take a look at their site. And so I will do very quickly take a look, uh, and I hope they don't mind if I share the site uh, because that's what uh, I would do to give some diagnostics on it. So, oh, that's not what I want. Those are the lyrics to a YouTube song I'm learning. <laughs> that's not what I want to show you. I mean, I don't care that you know I'm learning a U2 song. but uh, Okay, so here's the site here. And I put it into uh, Serpworks. I did a site colon search. It's a very small site, only 84 pages. And uh, here, so here's the main problem. Uh, I don't know what your competitors have, but I guarantee they're going to have a page authority greater than one and a trust flow greater than one. <laughs> so white hat SEO or blackhead SEO, you're definitely going to need some link juice there. You're going to have to have some quality sites that are on the topic of baby food, or at the very least babies, linking to you in their main content. On non-spammy pages with not a million obviously purchased links, that would be obviously step one that you'll need to do. Now I'm trying to look to see if you rank here for anything in SEMrush. Natural baby food is one of your one of your queries. Okay, so if I just do a, 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 an apples to apples comparison here uh, on actually Google.com. This is what people get for natural baby food. And so you're going to have to be on par with what these folks have. And let's just take a couple seconds for here for this to populate here. And you're going to get just get a rough idea of what you should be getting here. But for natural baby food, we've got a uh, featured snippet. And so there's code. There's a special way to do that. If you want to get a featured snippet, email me. I know the secret way of doing it. There's a number of them. Clint knows as well. You can email either me or Clint. Um, there's also questions that you could try to rank for. There's all kinds of supplemental kind of SEO ways to rank but if you want the basic uh, you know 30,000 foot view of what you need to do well okay so just look um, uh, let's let's do a, so homesome baby baby foods they have 538 friend domains a 68 PA and 54 trust flow that's actually fairly impressive right they're ranking for millions of keywords and they have a million over a million visitors a month these are what your competitors kind of have. You got Amazon is in there. You got to compete with them. Mama Natural, Mom Tricks, Baby Food, Wellness Mama, Motherhood, uh, Baby Duck, uh, a page, a page. So you've got some stiff competition to to deal with here. I don't even see a, uh, really a hole. This seems to be the 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 closest competitor with homemade baby food recipes. Uh, Everybody else you're competing with is a page on a big site, a huge site. So, again, it's going to be difficult. you definitely got to have some social proof, some people talking about you. And and you're in luck. In in your niche, there's going to be a lot of people who do want to talk on social about your, your stuff. People love babies, so you should definitely be finding your audiences. You should be talking here. Almost everyone here, I bet, is going to have a Facebook presence. Yeah, just about everybody does. You're going to need some social proof going on. You're going to need referring domains. You're going to need a PA and a trust flow. And you know, when, when you start to exceed a PA of 30 and a trust flow of 27, that's when uh, you know Google might decide to start trying you out to rank for this this page here. But as we can see here, you are a far away from those kinds of stats, uh, unfortunately. And so you're just too new. Um, you don't have good on-page SEO done. You don't have H1s. Uh, you don't, don't seem to have a structured way of doing the on-page SEO. Um, if I search here, you have natural baby food in your title. That's not a great title either. That's your that's your title. This is not in- incentivizing anyone to click. This is not going to help them go to your site either, right? Um, again, you know, ask an SEO for advice on a show. He's going to start being brutally honest, so I apologize. Natural baby so that, OK, so here's another problem. Natural baby food, uh, the keyword happens once on your page. That is probably not going to be anywhere near enough for you to rank for that. Uh, so again, we have on-page SEO issues. When I go to this page, um, I see happy, healthy babies. I, 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 my eyes are kind of drawn by this information here, to tell you the truth. And I kind of miss this information here, which is probably where you want me to click this information here should totally have more visual prominence than this information here because at the end of the day you're selling baby food I take it and I should be seeing this stuff to click on it this should be bigger and more prominent than this stuff here so if you put a a tool like crazy egg on here and you bought some traffic it'll show you what people do where they click you know did they see this did they see this that's all part and parcel of your quality score and it's definitely gonna be important for you to rank and all this other stuff. There's too many options here uh, and it's almost too visual based. Um, I need need some more definite cues as to where I'm supposed to click and where I'm supposed to go. But again, that's just my personal opinion. If you put Crazy Egg on here, it's going to show you where they're clicking, it's going to show you where they scroll, it's going to show you if if anybody at all ever sees this content down here or if they just scroll to here and go, nope, and leave the site. That's definitely not what you want to do. So there's some suggestions from my end there, Clint. Did you have anything you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, the on-page is horrible. It looks visually cool. I like the, the, where she's going with it. She just needs some more. Yeah, yeah. Specifically the R products because that's where your selling point starts. Exactly. When you get into the actual product listings. The product listings are actually pretty decent. They're optimized okay. They could use a little bit more love, but I think that she did a good job there. But the R products page and the home page need some on-page work. Uh, the this PHP is looking for the CMS that you're using. It looks like she probably custom coded this. Let's know or Bootstrap. <clears throat> so you need to adjust those H1s and use those for sure. Uh, and then on the products page, add some because she's targeting on the product page baby food products. Uh, and Google India is actually showing her site for baby proof food products when you're doing the site search. It's the right page, but uh, it just doesn't have enough information to compete with the other sites on on that particular search term. Because if you look, her conversion is either buying online or buying on Amazon or buying at the store. So she's got the options there. Right. But she's not really doing a good job of, Conversions, like you said, and telling people what actually to do. So uh, until yeah. you get to a specific product page, but I'm not going to be, you know, who's going to be looking specifically for banana, blueberry, puree, for an example, uh, in India, they're going to look for baby food and, uh, you're missing the, uh, the direction, the purpose and direction. What is it? What is it? What's it about? And what's in it for me? And I come to the site and it's not answering that on those two main pages.
0: Yeah. These product pages, like you said, I agree. These product pages aren't bad. I kind of like them. The pro, Typically, you'd want the conversion buttons here to be on the right-hand side. But the way that I, I, I'm assuming her readers are going to be left to right readers. I'm not sure because, again, she's in India. But I think the reader is going to be left to right readers. It is in English, and that is a left to right language. So, But the way it works, actually, the design psychology of this is that they're going to see this. Their eyes are going to go to this immediately over to here. And then it's going to go down to here, and it's going to round back up and end here. It's going to go kind of a circle. So that's my opinion. But again, that's just my opinion. We would need to install Crazy Egg on this to see where the clicks end up. Where where, where are they looking at? Where are they going? How far do they scroll down? Do do they bother reading this at all? Is this helping at all whatsoever? If we remove this stuff, the page would load faster, and they'd have less things to do or think about other than buying, which is what they want to do. These buttons should definitely be bigger and stand out more. I don't think they should be the complementary blue color. They should be a color that's not used anywhere else on this page that should stand out. So you can't not uh, you can't you help but not see these buttons. Um, I did throw her um, uh, her page into my testing tool, the, the, yeah, the one that I like to use, webpagetest.org. It's my favorite. I know, I know, Clint, you have your own one you like to use. This one I like to use because it breaks down where the slowness is happening. Look, it took over two seconds to get a DNS connection to find out what this page is about and it took another 2 seconds 2.7 seconds to process the um, the HTML and look at this just to your point here about the bootstrap css 8 seconds before that thing fully loaded 8 full seconds so that's that's just terrible so you just, obviously you need to uh, uh, up that you need to improve that 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 speed and this happens all the time you know people just and designers it's not the designer's fault because it never be, used to be so. I mean, fast website has always been cornerstone of good design in my in my opinion, and good design in my in my rather somewhat elitist opinion, good designers should have also known this is going to be too slow. I can't make the page take eight seconds to load. It's got to be pretty and fast, pretty and fast, right? Just like the girlfriend you wanted in high school, she has to be pretty and fast, <laughs> not not just pretty or not just fast. It's got to be both, right? Sorry, off-color joke, but um. It, but in this case, I mean that's, that's that's way too long, and designers don't realize how important for SEO it is anymore. And so, I'm I don't know about you, Clamp, but I'm always having this battle when I'm doing consulting for clients, which is what both you and I do, uh, among other things. But I always have to constantly tell their designer, "No, dude, sorry, this has got to be faster. It's just not good enough." And I'm like, "Well, Matt Cut said in a video five years ago. I'm like, I don't care what Matt Cut said in a video five years ago. I'm telling you, this needs to be faster. It takes eight seconds to load that Bootstrap." get off your lazy ass and trim that you have you have about I a, honestly a, have like a million global classes specified in the CSS that no one is calling for anywhere <laughs> right like how big is that CSS got to be to take 8 seconds to process it so yeah so i mean it, it, but it's not really their fault cuz they don't realize how important for seo it is and they, they they could just get away with just reusing a css and js every design but now it's super important
1: yeah also just kind of to hope she's not feeling like you just kicked her in the groin or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> take it as a, take it as a where we at where your host is hosting at and where your target audience is at too. So uh, on that to- tool, if there's an option and your target audience is only in India, then test it at, from India's perspective. In yes.
0: Awesome. Yes. So <laughs> I tested from Denver. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know who her target audience is. I'm assuming it is India because she was charging uh, some form of, well, it wasn't U.S. currency. I guess it was rupees. I'm not sure. Uh, but something was being charged there that was different. So uh, again, Supriya, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. I, again, we don't mean to be rude in that, in that respect or in looking at your website. And there are portions of it I like. I, I like the kind of baby colors. I like that. That's kind of a cool, uh, I mean, it's right, on pre- it's right on points, right on brand. There's a lot of good stuff, and I like the product pages, too. You get the nutrition information. You're giving good information people are going to like. There's just some basic SEO stuff that needs to be done, so contact me. Contact Clint, and we'd be happy to help you out a little bit further. So thanks a lot, guys. That's been White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. I would like to sign off now, um, and before I do so, I'd like to give you our contact information. Again, if you have any SEO questions at all, both Clint and I would be very, very happy to to, to service you. <laughs> that didn't sound quite right. Uh, you can email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. You can follow me at Twitter at joshbashinsky, and you can watch more videos like this where we give free SEO tips, tricks, advice, experimental results, secret leaks at youtube.com slash jbashins. That's J-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S. Uh, Clint, if you will be so kind, sir, why don't you give us out uh, your contact info too? Uh,
1: typically, the best place to find me is on Skype, clint.a.butler, or you can email me at info at digitallear.com. Uh, and then
0: uh, so it's digital how do you spell Lear? E-E-R digital E-E-R com? Uh, yep okay I put you in the description there so both our emails are there and we'd be happy to answer SEO questions we do do this for a living so if you send us three page email we might say hey dude you might have to pay us a little bit to answer this but or maybe not I don't know maybe Clint's more va- more uh, more uh, 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 easy with his time than I am, I'm not sure. But if you have a quick question, I'm sure we'd be, we'd be happy to help you out. So, again, thanks very much. Uh, I'd like to wrap it up. Uh, Clint, do you have any final message for the day?
1: I don't know. I think we, li- we went over a lot today and just kind of highlighted how the white hat versus black hat concept is actually intermeshed. And uh, it's really not about which hat you wear. It's about how much money you're making. So,
0: <laughs> Right. That's true. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much, uh, what hat you wear. It's how much money you're making, how well you're ranking sites, and how well you're doing for your customers. And that's what we like to do. So I hope you enjoyed our White Hat versus Black Hat show, the free SEO uh, stuff. Uh, tune in next week where we'll have another show. And uh, maybe we'll have some special guests. You never know. And uh, thanks very much for joining us. And good luck in the SERPs. See you later, guys. Bye.